Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Hey everybody, welcome to The Wedding Dish, the podcast with real married or engaged couples where we chat with wedding pros and we also read listener stories. You'll hear tips, tidbits, and all things wedding. That's Sarah Alipin, owner of District Bliss and co-owner of Photos from the Hardy. And that's Steph Norton, entrepreneur and producer of The Wedding Dish. We're coming at you from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C. over Full Service Radio. So let's dish. Today we've got Taylor Griffith, who's a bride-to-be, and she's also an entrepreneur in D.C. Regrettably, we don't have her fiancé, David, here, but we are super excited for him to get to listen to this and to hear all about your wedding plans. His ears are going to be burning. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for being on The Wedding Dish. And we all have our rosé, so let's get into it. How are you today? Good. Um, Glass of rosé helps. Good. Glad to hear it. That's how we do things around here. So we've also got our little co-pilot today, Clouseau, the inspector, our Frenchy friend. (laughs) He is... uh, he generally runs along with us, and you may hear him uh, make all kinds of fun noises because he acts <laughs> like he's a little piggy. <laughs> That's a dog, in case you guys don't know. what It's a French bulldog that we have here with us. <laughs> he's my Frenchie. Yep. <laughs> Maybe we'll take some pictures and post them on Instagram later so people can see. Genius. Perfect. Perfect. It's like I work in marketing or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know these things. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. How did you meet your fiance, David? Uh, We met on Bumble, which is not that uncommon these days, but um, we were both on a variety of dating apps. He was on Bumble and Tinder. I was on Bumble and OkCupid. And uh, for anybody who hasn't used Bumble, some people call it uh, the feminist dating app because the women have to reach out to you first. So it's similar to Tinder where you both swipe on the other person if you think that they're attractive and maybe somebody who you would want to meet. But uh, if you both match with each other, the woman has to respond and reach out to you first. And if they don't, then it it expires within 24 hours. So essentially, in, in this case, David and I swiped on each other and matched. I had 24 hours to send him a message. And if I didn't send him one, then he was gone forever. Wow. Um, Wow. That's kind of, that's fascinating. I've never, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that works. And it was the day after Christmas of 2017. So both of us were back at work, but we're clearly not super busy. Offices weren't crowded. And so we're sort of playing around on our phones and we had coincidentally both had some time on our hands and ended (laughs) up messaging back and forth and. The rest is history, as they say. That's very cute. <laughs> and where was your first date? Um, we, I, I was living and working in Boston, which is a, a neighborhood in Arlington, Virginia at the time. So 
uh, he came out to me, which is very gentlemanly of him, um, from the middle of the city, came out, and we went to a ramen bar, and we had ramen, and at the end of the day, we neither of us wanted to go home, so we went across the street to a coffee shop, and we had some tea and dessert and continued hanging out, and then uh, our first date is not... It's a, it's a typical first date. It was a good first date. Nothing wrong with it. Definitely went well. But uh, it's really our second date that was like the big date in my mind. And one of my favorite sort of memories of this entire falling in love and getting engaged and getting married experiences <laughs> is uh, before I even met David in person, I called my mom and I told her, mom, I'm pretty sure, like 98% sure that I met my soulmate. And she was like, you don't even believe in soulmates. Like, what are you talking about? How do you know that somebody is your soulmate? And I was like, this guy just planned both our first and our second date together Aww. before we even met. And the only person who I know who would do that is me. <laughs> oh my God. And also, <clears throat> I saw this article, I think it was in the Washingtonian, like maybe a month ago. And it was saying how it was getting harder for people in D.C. to date because, like, they won't cross yeah. over to Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he did that and then he was willing to do it twice, yeah. that is a very good sign according to their research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do they call it? The Potomac Ocean? Yeah. <laughs> there's a rivalry between, if, if you're listening and you're not from the D.C. area, there's a rivalry between the district and Maryland and Virginia and people don't like to cross over. And to be fair, it is, there's a lot of hassle. And so. the traffic is so bad yeah. that you don't Metro, even want to like get bus, involved because then Uber. you're committing to doing that commute and it can be you're really, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> it's people will move to, you know, for a partner, for a job, even if it's on the map, it's maybe two miles. In reality, that's like 45 yep. minutes of the commute. So people will move. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. A lot of people, when we lived in, um, we lived in DuPont Circle for actually right down the street here. Yeah. Um, at the bottom of 18th, where uh, just right by L'Oreal Plaza. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we lived there for eight and a half years. People hated coming to our house if they had to come in from outside the city, unless it was like my parents who were going to spend the night or right. something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, Arlington's so boring. Yeah. You know, but they, they want to pretend they're nice, but they're like, oh, Arlington. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Whatever. <laughs> but your second date was... Was it in D.C.? It, yeah. So our so I told you, we, we started talking. We matched on Bumble the day after Christmas of 2017. So we're around New Year's Eve time. And we met up, if that was a Tuesday, I think, we met up on Friday night for dinner. And then New Year's Eve was just a few nights later on, I think it was a Sunday night, New Year's Day being a Monday. And um, so we were chatting back and forth. And um, he... This is also a money story. He lied to me. So let, let me. Okay. So yeah. So, he tricked you. He, yes. But in a, it was a cute way. I think it was worth it. But so we were talking about New Year's Eve and having plans and neither of us really did have any plans. Um, and then he said, um, the Kennedy Center, had I ever been to the Kennedy Center before, which is a very large, very fancy upscale uh, performing arts center here in DC. And so he had said, that there was going to be the orchestra performing um, and wouldn't it be cool to go? And I said, yeah, it would totally be cool to go. I was going, I already had plans to go to a friend's house, but like I would absolutely ditch my friend's house for the <laughs> Kennedy Center to get all dressed up and everything. And so he's like, 
Well, I just, just for fun, I just looked on the website and uh, they're totally sold out of tickets, but I put, I could put my name on the waiting list if you want. So I said, okay, sure. This I later learned was a total lie. They were available, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he was just waiting for me to basically say that I would be willing to go and not putting himself too far out there. That's so cute. Yeah, so um, he, I said, sure, would love to go. That sounds, I would totally ditch my friend for that. (laughs) And um, he, I don't know, texted me back maybe 10 minutes later and said, well, I just called them just to see. And they said that there's actually a few that are available. So we can go ahead and take them if that works for you. And so, (laughs) I know, right? The only person who would do stuff like that is me. So (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) What was the first thing that you noticed about David? Um, I mean, basically that is the story of like the first real standout thing that made him totally different from any other guy I'd ever met was him just being a super planner, which again, reminds me of me and not to be totally stereotypical, but more often than not, women are more of a planner, especially when it comes to romantic things. And here was this guy who I thought was handsome and funny and also was like, yeah, I'll plan our dates. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll come to you. Yeah, you know all of those, all of those things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he also has a cleft chin, which I think is pretty cute. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to show us a photo. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, so tell us about the proposal. Okay, so. Um, it may shock your listeners to know that I knew about the proposal, um, almost all of the details and mm, it's a point up for debate, but in general, most people feel like the wedding is something, the proposal is something that the man does to the woman if you're in a heterosexual relationship, um, and, or at least the more masculine partner does to the more feminine partner Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be a surprise and it's supposed to be like hugely romantic. And I believe in all those things too, but at the same time. I'm a planner and I like to know things. And so we knew for quite a long time before the proposal actually happened that we wanted to get married. Um, And I had a few rules about said proposal. I did not want him to get down on one knee. I feel like that was him asking me to do something that I wasn't prepared to do, which meanwhile, in reality, we were two equal partners agreeing that this is something that we wanted to do together. And so I just felt like, you know, sort of, stereotype be damned like that that was more me and more us and so I told him you can't get down on one knee and I don't want you to say will you marry me something like instead how about like let's get married or do you want to get married or or things like that and um I don't know so we we talked about all those things we knew that we wanted to get married we even went engagement ring shopping together I picked out my own ring um and I we got it I don't know at least six months before the proposal even happened. And occasionally I would wear it around the house on the weekends, if I'm being totally honest. It was just in the closet. I knew it was there. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so I kept nagging him about, you know, when is that going to happen? Meanwhile, we had and did this maybe three months into knowing each other. We made our 10 year plan, um, which again, planners. <laughs> So the, the joke was in 2017, we would fall in love by midnight because that was our second date, first kiss, Kennedy Center, balloons dropping at midnight. It was awesome. So 2017, fall in love at midnight, 2018, move in together, 2019, get engaged, 2020, get married. And so we were coming up on 
New Year's Eve yet again. And I was sitting there going, okay, like 2019, it's coming. So when are we going to get engaged? And every time I asked, he would say, well, I'm moving the proposal back to New Year's Eve. It's going to be a whole other year to wait. Um, So that was the joke. But meanwhile, the proposal itself, um, he had a friend who got engaged over a long weekend. I think it was President's Day weekend. And they had an entire three-day weekend to enjoy it and share the, the special moment of it. And so he just came home one day and was like, I think I want to enga- propose to you and get engaged over Memorial Day weekend. So that way we can have the three days to, to celebrate. And so I was like, okay, that works. So we together made a, a dinner reservation at a fancy restaurant um, at Equinox downtown and did like sign up for the tasting menu, like the whole, nice. the whole thing. I bought a new outfit. I made an appointment to get my nails done, like Smart. all of these things. And, um, I would not change that experience, even though Aww. everybody feels like, well, you know, you're, wouldn't you like it to be a surprise? Yes. Yeah, but it gets to be your own experience. I mean, this right. is your relationship. It's not yeah. my relationship or, yeah. or anybody else's. Yeah. Like, that was what you wanted, and that's exactly right. what it should be. Well, and I also feel like um, it was... I wasn't in a bad mood, like nothing for the, maybe even three weeks before, but definitely two weeks before. And certainly the week of like nothing bothered me. Cause I just knew that this awesome thing was coming and it was going to be That's our great. time and <laughs> things at, at work or whatever. It didn't matter. Like none of those things. I didn't let any of it ruffle my feathers. And especially that day in particular. I mean, if I didn't know that was happening, I could have had a horrible day and then come home and been totally disgruntled and in a bad mood when we mm-hmm. went out to the restaurant and then it could have happened and I, I don't know, maybe he would have changed his mind and moved it to another date because I was in a horrible mood, which, you know, it, it didn't feel very me. So to your point, like that was more me and more us to sit there and say, this is what we want to do together. So the actual, that's a lot of lead up for the actual proposal <laughs> itself, which was at this point, you could say, and I wouldn't say you were totally wrong in saying that it wasn't the most exciting because, again, I knew that it was coming, but still, I thought it was nice. So I came home from work, walking home down the street, or no, excuse me, from the getting my nails done, walking down the street, and he was out on the block. He also left work early and was out on the block walking our dog, um, and the dog came up and jumped in my lap, which he always does. So none of that was weird. But um, then he said, Oliver, who is our dog, has a present for you. And there it was on his collar. So Aww. he leaned down and took it off and gave it to me and said, would you like to get married? And I said, yes. And, um, <laughs> and that was it. So then we went inside and we both had some champagne that we already had purchased <laughs> and was already cool <laughs> in the fridge. And uh, we got dressed up and we went out for a really nice dinner. And when we came home, we called all of our family. And it was a nice moment to loop everybody in on sort of our special secret that we'd had for a little bit. That's so fun. And that wedding ring is fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thank you. Um, It is a lab-grown diamond, which I understand neither of you are super familiar with. But it's an eco-friendly solution to... um, sort of mining for diamonds or other gemstones, typically you have to mine as in destroy whatever, whether it's Russia or Canada or Africa, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. The point is you're digging it up out of the ground. It takes a lot of time, but more importantly, a lot of resources and you're destroying the planet in the process. And so when we were looking to get engaged, um, 
I spent a lot of time researching, is there any way, can I buy um, an, an antique ring that is not contributing to this problem? Um, and I ended up finding uh, a company called Brilliant Earth that does, they specialize in eco-friendly jewelry. And so all of the metals in this ring, it's 18 karat gold, but um, all the metals are from, are recycled some way. So they're from old pieces of jewelry or even computer parts like the, the motherboard part of the computer they they take all of that and they melt all of the precious metals down and then they reconstruct a brand new piece of jewelry from it and then all of the smaller diamonds on the band and in the halo are all um from like they're either lab grown themselves or they're also recycled pieces of estate jewelry chips of larger diamonds as they shape them down to a certain shape and size and then yeah the center stone is lab grown so six months in a lab and here we are that's amazing and it's a teardrop shape right yeah it's called a pear cut um so it looks like a teardrop yeah so just for all of you out there um listening it is about the size of her her finger joint that is um between like the knuckle and the base of the finger yeah and it it looks like a teardrop it has this beautiful halo and then it has stones um around Around the side the sides Mm -hmm. of the band yeah Yeah. it's a two carat the center stone is a two carat diamond which the other perk i think it's a win-win with the lab grown but the other perk of it and being eco-friendly is that it's also a little bit less expensive than a traditional mined diamond because all you have to do is put a bunch of carbon in a lab and wait six months and it turns into a diamond so um yeah so we were able to afford something a little bit larger than uh maybe we would have otherwise if we had if we had picked sort of a traditional mined diamond that is so so cool yeah i love that and it's so beautiful it's like completely sparkly Mm -hmm. thank you and it's just it's stunning um, so on the flip side, yeah. do you have a least favorite thing about David? <laughs> um, I think if somebody told you they didn't have a least favorite thing about their partner, they would be lying. And that's not <laughs> any shade on relationships or partners. But when you're in close quarters with somebody for a long period of time, you just things about people get on your nerves. And so one of my One of my least favorite things about David uh, is he is very tidy. He's a neat Nick. Uh, And most of you would be listening going, why is that a problem? This girl, there's something wrong with her. But um, he is so tidy that he will come and clean up things while I'm using them. (laughs) So if I'm cooking dinner uh, and I get out all of the spices and things that I'm going to be using and he'll just come up behind me while I'm turned away on the stove and he'll come up behind me and put all of those things away. And then I turn around to go and use them and I have no idea where they are because he put them away. Or <laughs> this is I'll relatable. Come, yes. I'll come home, take my shoes off, leave them by the front door because I know um, I just need to go put my bag down and then I'm going to turn around and take the dog out for a walk. So I'll leave my shoes out and uh, by the time I come back, the shoes are gone. <laughs> That is so funny. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you totally just got what I was asking. It's like, it's a good thing, but it's like, uh, you know, it's It's a a double-edged sword. It's, I, it's mostly a positive thing. And if I had to choose, I would rather have that problem than him be a total slob. Right. Um, but you know, there, there is a downside to being tidy. 
Yeah, my husband is only tidy with things that I am currently using. <laughs> it is like, it will only be the stuff that I need at that moment. He'll be yeah. like, oh, her keys are out. I should put those away. And I'm like, I have to leave and go photograph a wedding. Yeah. Where are my keys? <laughs> Ryan will just ask me. Like, he'll ask me about the thing. So here, this, he knows that the three of us are going to finish this bottle of wine, right? Yeah. He's like, um, that bottle of wine? Like, and that's a question. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, yep, the bottle of wine. <laughs> we're, we're drinking it. Don't take it away. <laughs> yeah. Not done yet. The questioning, you know? Yeah. So I have, I have talked to David about it. So uh, if... You know, he's probably listening to this going, that's not fair. I don't do that as much as I used to, which (laughs) is true because I have specifically about the cooking thing. I've said to him, you know, we both like to cook. And so we kind of alternate days cooking where like I'm the head chef and he's the sous chef or he's the head chef and I'm the sous chef. And Mm so on those days, I'm like, if I'm the head chef, then I need you to like be a good sous chef and ask me, are you done with this? Can I put this away? (laughs) Whatever. Um, and on the days when you're the head chef, I know to also ask you, but to err on the side of putting things away because you would prefer it to be tidy while mm-hmm, we're cooking. So mm-hmm. that is so cute. Yeah. I love it. What yeah. a fun little like quirky insight into your yeah. relationship. Yeah. There's also that this goes into another sort of thing that we, we don't fight about it, but we talk about it sometimes is uh, being tidy versus being clean. So I have learned that I care about being clean and he cares about being tidy. They mm. are similar, but not, not the, the same. same. For example, and his mom loves the story and she cracks up when I tell her, <laughs> but uh, he will like wipe down. So again, cooking dinner, maybe there's some pieces of parsley or spices or salt, pepper, whatever on the counter. He'll clean up. So he's wiping the counter. And instead of pushing all of that into the sink, which is right there, he will put it on the floor. So he'll what? take his hand and or a towel and run it on the counter. And all of those things get pushed down onto the floor mm-hmm. instead that of in the sink. so funny. And so I said to him, what the heck are you doing? That's now on the floor. That's something that we're going to step on, track through the house. Now I have to clean it up. And he's like, oh, like it didn't even occur to mm-hmm. him. So it's, it's kind of <laughs> funny how those things match they'll everything will be put away in its place but we'll have a dust bunny in the middle of the hallway right when you walk in and he doesn't occur to him to pick that up and put it in the trash of you know a dust bunny of dog hair but he'll pick up my shoes that I'm about to use and put them away. <laughs> that is amazing oh my god I love it so much well ladies let's take a fast break because I need some more rosé sounds yes. good We'll be back in a couple seconds, guys. Welcome back to The Wedding Dish. 
We are super excited to have Taylor here speaking with us, our bride-to-be and DC entrepreneur. Um, I think that we should hear a little bit about the wedding details. Yeah, that sounds great. And knowing what we know now that you and your fiance are such planners, I'm guessing <laughs> we are. I'm guessing you have all your ducks in a row. Uh, we have many of our ducks in a row, not all of them, um, but going with the planner thing and most of the things that aren't taken care of yet is because it's too far away that we can't book them yet so um we're getting married november 14th 2020 so we have and today is september 26th so we've got more than a year uh in in advance so basically like the first thing that we did within one month of being engaged was book a, a venue so we have the date and our venue does the catering in the bar. So we don't have to worry about catering at all. Um, and then around the same time, booked a, a wedding photographer, did engagement photos and booked a, a photographer. We're getting married in Charleston, South Carolina, which um, is it's a big wedding town, but it also has personal meaning for me. Um, when I graduated from the University of Maryland, I moved there where my mom lives there. And so I moved there after school and I worked as a newspaper reporter for a few years in the Charleston area. Um, yeah, so I was, I was there for a few years myself and then, um, came back to DC, which again is where I went to, to college in the DC area. And I also, I grew up in Delaware, so not super far from DC, Mm -hmm. but, um, we're a very urban couple. We live in DuPont circle in the middle of downtown DC. We don't have a car. We walk everywhere or take the Metro or the bus. Um, and so it was really important when we started to plan the wedding that we had a, a venue that was similar to our lifestyle. And so we're an urban couple. We wanted an urban wedding. As beautiful as Charleston plantations are, it doesn't make any sense to go out to a plantation and get married. I've never been to a plantation or, (laughs) you know, a Virginia winery or any other thing like that. Mm -hmm. David is from Dallas, Texas. So like we could, we try, we looked at venues in all three of those places, DC, where we live, Charleston, not totally where I'm from, but has a part of my story is in Charleston and then Dallas, which is a significant part of David's story. And Charleston was the closest to our lifestyle and to our budget. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes a big difference too. Yeah. So what are the top five things or four or five things that you're looking forward to? Okay. So I thought about this list ahead of time and even though David is not here, I did ask him uh, (laughs) to contribute to the list. So, um, the first three are mine and the last two are his. So, um, I'm super, well, the two of us are both looking forward to our honeymoon. We have decided that we want to do a two week honeymoon. So, um, we don't know where it's going to be yet. Probably the Caribbean or, or Mexico. Um, he's Mexican. So that would be a really cool, I think sort of tie back to his family and heritage but we're still undecided on the honeymoon planning but we're definitely doing two weeks so really looking forward to a nice long relaxing vacation um i really like getting dressed up and so i'm excited for just hair makeup dress on on the big day um that's that's a big one for me and you nailed uh, it on the the kennedy center second date then yeah yeah it was good i went out and bought an outfit like it was I don't know. It was super romantic. Anyways, so, um, and then number three for me is having all of our 
friends and family in one place. David's parents are divorced. My parents are divorced. And everybody lives all spread out. So between North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, we've got Pennsylvania, Delaware, Texas, Georgia, like all over. And so just to have everybody in one place is super, super exciting. So we're really looking forward to that. And then um, his contributions to the list are (laughs) making Taylor happy, which I think he's sucking up but <laughs> thanks honey for that one uh, and uh this is also a joke eating chinese food at the after party so the joke is that the venue is on top of it's a second story venue and it's on top of a chinese restaurant so the joke is like that's gonna be the after party obviously is we're all gonna it go downstairs amazing. and get chinese food which yeah. is very us and does sound amazing but it bothers me a little bit that we're gonna spend all this money on food and then immediately people are gonna be like i'm still hungry let's go downstairs and eat chinese food maybe it'll just be like a dumpling or two maybe yeah I, it'll be fine whatever happens i'm very excited for all of it and trying to be I'm trying really hard to balance the, this is a big deal and this is like the biggest, best party we're ever going to throw with, it's just another party. We've thrown parties before. We'll throw parties again. Trying really hard to balance those two and and find areas where like it's worth splurging versus it's worth being practical and saving. Do you have any like family or cultural or any type of traditions like just between the two of you that you're going to make a part of the ceremony or? Um... Not really. We have um, our our wedding song is something that matters to the two of us and still still trying to figure out if that's going to be we walk down the aisle to the song or it's going to be our first song. But Casey Musgraves, Oh, What a World. Um, it is not, I will say, the, the title is very common, but it is not the song that you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Like Louis Armstrong, that's not it. It's a different one. But the whole, it's a really good song. And I'm neither of us really are big country fans, but I would put Casey Musgraves, even though she is a country artist in sort of her own category, because all of her songs tell stories and they're just very interesting and different. We actually saw her live in concert last week and I cried when she played that song. Uh, Yeah, I actually really like that song and I really like her. Yeah, she is kind of her own little category of country, even though I love country music. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mind country music either, um, especially when I'm in Charleston. I feel like it, it it goes with the theme, mm-hmm. but, um, but she is kind of her own category. It's a little more alternative. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. You just have to go listen to it, but it's a really good song. Oh, so I love that. We're, we're doing a little, a mini episode about music, like about oh, perfect. how you're what, like what songs and having people write into us and say like, what, what was your song or like, I love what, that. What, how do you decide on your song and everything about music? Yeah, yeah. we are doing that. Yes. It's such yeah. a big deal. It has, it plays such a huge role because people associate smells, basically all of the senses, what you see, what you feel, what you smell, what you hear, all of those things get attached to memories or feelings. Mm-hmm. And so like we want to have scented candles as our wedding favors, but we also want to have those candles lit at the, at the ceremony nice. and the reception because people will recognize that smell and go, oh, that reminds me of Taylor and David's wedding. Music oh, is I the same that. thing. Yeah. That's true. I do look back on weddings that I've attended and weddings that I've photographed. And I think I, I, whenever I hear those songs, it reminds me of it. It takes me back to that day. And it's so crazy because I'm always like, how did time go by that fast? Yeah. Yeah. I also (laughs) read that you 
we're doing, and I've read about this becoming more and more popular, but a, like a reverse cocktail hour. Oh, yeah. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So your original question was about traditions that we're subscribing to. Um, and the short answer is we're not really doing a lot of traditional things, quote unquote. Um, and one of them being, as I mentioned, even with the proposal, you know, I said like, I don't want you to get down on one knee because this isn't a thing that you're asking me and I didn't have any say in planning it. We planned this together. We're a team or a unit. We did this together. And so the wedding is kind of the same thing where I don't understand why I need to hide behind, <laughs> I don't know, a curtain or in a back room or something while other people get to be there. And he's allowed to be out there, but because I'm a woman, I'm not allowed to be involved in this party that we've spent a long time planning and a lot of money paying for. And it just doesn't mm-hmm. match with my philosophy and our philosophy. So we have decided that it is our party that we are hosting together for our guests. We're paying for it ourselves. So we will together welcome our guests to our our wedding. So the sort of the terms like ceremony and reception get a little bit blurred. But essentially the, the deal is when you come to our wedding, like we want to be standing there at the top of the stairs hugging you and saying thanks so much for coming and we're really excited to have you and here, let's go get a drink together and hang out over cocktail hour. And essentially we have cocktail hour first. And then everybody goes to, there's like a, a patio deck at the venue. So everybody goes outside to the patio, which is where the ceremony will be. And then the two of us sort of go to like the back of the aisle, if you will. And then we're walking down the aisle together, getting married. That's maybe going to be 10 minutes. We're not doing any kind of a religious ceremony. Um, And then we all go inside and have sort of the rest of the reception, I guess. But dinner, dancing, the whole thing. So they're calling that that a reverse cocktail hour. Yeah. That's super cute. We had a friend who did that, and she actually wore a different dress for that. Oh, fun. Um, I love that idea. And then she changed because for the ceremony because um, she... And it was like a super cute, really different dress that was just gorgeous. Um, but they were doing like a tr- very traditional Jewish wedding. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to be able to be part of the cocktail hour, yeah. but they couldn't get married until after sunset. And it was like July. So it was like yeah. the latest sunset ever. And the ceremony had to be after. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, I'm not missing this whole thing. I'm yeah. just right. going to wear a different dress. And yeah. then everyone will be surprised when they see the real wedding dress. Yeah. And that's the same as if I entered differently. Yeah. Well, and it's also going to be a short ceremony for us because we're not doing a bridal party. We have a lot, as I mentioned, our both sets of parents are divorced. And so we've got a lot of parents and we're doing a very small wedding. It's only going to be about 50 people. And so it just doesn't make any sense to do bridesmaids and groomsmen and the whole nine yards and so it's just going to be the two of us with all of our 50 favorite people and it just doesn't it I don't know it feels weird for everybody to show up wait outside I have to be hiding in a corner somewhere (laughs) missing some of it and then like everybody stares at me walk down an aisle by myself for a 10 minute thing I don't know like it is this is what I'm talking about it's a special thing I'm very happy to do it. I want to participate in some traditions, but at the same time, I don't want it to just dictate how I do this thing. And then after the fact, be like, that was stupid and a waste of time. And I missed half of the cocktail hour because X, Y, Z. Yeah. And a a lot of, I think a lot of people in DC, they have to find their own way for whatever reason, because a lot of people come from two different places and meet here. And then either they can't get everybody all together or there's different cultural things and they, or whatever they they um 
you know, they're in this like very like urban forward yeah. city and they have this lifestyle and then to have this like weird traditional event would be like you said, like this has nothing to do with us. Like as a couple, this would be so uncomfortable because yeah. we don't live this way. Right. Plus if you ever research where some wedding traditions come from, it's super bizarre. Like, did you know that bridesmaids, the concept of bridesmaids were so that way, uh, if an evil spirit came to the wedding to kidnap the bride, they wouldn't know who was the bride. So you're supposed to have like decoy brides essentially standing next to you. So that way, yeah, like I don't (laughs) believe in that. Well, and the reason that the man stands on one side over the other is because if someone came to kidnap the bride, then he could draw his sword and defend her. I did not know that. That is wild. See, like that's, that's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening in our wedding. I, if, Optional if David sword really wants to wear a sword to the ceremony. It's not really in style, but I'll let him know. It's an option now. We can look into a sword rental. <laughs> so did you guys have any um, obstacles? I mean, it sounds like you very much were in agreement about things, but were there any like obstacles that you came across when you were doing your wedding planning? Yeah, so the, the guest list has been probably the best the biggest hurdle that I've encountered so far. Again, we're we're more than a year out. So I feel personally I feel like we've booked as many vendors as we can with with that time frame. But then a lot of vendors you have to be one year or less to book them. So like we haven't done a florist yet. We haven't arranged for rentals yet, any of those things. But that being said, from what we've done so far, the biggest problem has been the guest list. We have decided, since we're paying for this wedding ourselves, um, we've decided that we would rather have a nicer event that is more aligned with our style um, and have fewer people be there than have a larger event that includes more people but isn't to the level that we would want it. So I wouldn't really call it a budget problem because I think we're spending $20,000 on this wedding, which is slightly less than the national average, but not a ton less. Um, And we're splitting it 50-50. I'm spending $10,000. He's spending $10,000. I think that's a reasonable number for more than a Mm -hmm. year's time to put that amount of money away for a party for 50 people. Um, That being said, you know, our, our venue can accommodate about 85 people. We have decided looking at the numbers like 50 is basically where we want to be again for the budget and having it to the level that we want and so Mm -hmm. I have a very large family and a very small friend group David has a very small family and a very large friend group and so because we're paying for it ourselves splitting it 50 50 I view it as only fair that I get 25 names and he gets 25 Mm -hmm. names and he can do whatever he wants with his 25 and I do what I want with my 25 so I put my small but essential friend group on there first and then I put all of my family and essentially when I hit 25 I've got parents grandparents aunts uncles no cousins zero cousins which I think is a little bit messed up but at the same time you know we have a budget for a reason and it these are the things that when people say wedding planning is so stressful these are the moments that they're talking about of well, I can't not include my cousin Amelia because I love Amelia and we're really close and we're there for all the big milestones. But at the same time, like, well, if we add Amelia, then we have to add her brother Noah and her brother Zach. Mm -hmm. And then we have to add other cousins on that side of family, like Justin and Teresa. And then on the other side of the family, now we've got Nicholas and Sammy. And now all of a sudden, that's eight more people that we weren't planning for and a hundred dollars a person times eight people that's eight hundred dollars plus 
Now we need more bartenders, more wait staff, like all of it just adds up and very quickly. And so I'm going to be honest that I haven't really come to a resolution yet in that like I haven't called up aunts and uncles and said, here's what's happening. And um, I might continue to flip flop back and forth. But right now, I think what the solution is, is I'm going to invite um, sort of the cousins who I have seen most frequently and most recently and the other cousins, I'm going to have to call them and say, I really love you. I wish you could be there, but we just can't afford it. And I know that you live in Canada and that's going to be a big expense for you to come and a lot of travel. And I, I know you would do it and I really appreciate it, but I think like this is the reality of it, but that is a horrible thing to have to have to say to people. Um, and I'm not looking forward to whenever we decide, whatever we decide, having to call people up and say, I'm really sorry. I know you were planning on coming to my wedding, but you can't come. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was actually one of the hardest things for us too. Um, by far, that was one of the hardest things. Um, well, so do you have any advice that you would give people planning a wedding? Yeah, totally. Um, and again, we're not totally done. So maybe there's, there's going to be some more things that pop up. But um, a few tips that I would offer. Spend money on the things that you care about um, and that will last for a long period of time. So in my mind, like the engagement ring with, that you both already commented on, um, we decided so to spend a little bit more than what we were originally planning on spending because I wear it every day and I plan to wear it every day for the rest of forever. And I look at it every day and it makes me smile. And it's just one of those things that in my mind, putting that extra money towards the ring and taking it away from something like the dress, which I think is important, but not, you know... I'm not going to wear that dress every weekend, every day. Um, so things like that, I think, is a, is a good tip about, you know, where do you spend versus where do you save? And before we, and before we go here, because we're, we're limited on time here, I just wanted to yeah. say that how are you involved in the wedding industry? Because you're also an entrepreneur, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me the name of your company and what you do. Yeah. Um, I am a copywriter and I have a background in marketing. And so my, my company, but it's really just me, is Lemon Tree Editorial. Um, I love the name of your company, by the way. It's thank awesome. you. Yeah. There's nothing deeper to it other than I just really love lemons and the business is supposed to make me happy and lemons make me happy. And so it's a lot of happiness. But That's so cute. Um, that happened before I got engaged, but now it's really, really helpful. I Essentially what I do is I write websites for wedding vendors. Um, so if you're a photographer or something like that, I will get to know you put sort of my bride hat on, which again now is pretty easy for me, much easier than it was before, <laughs> and sit there and go, okay, like what would a bride want to know when it comes to the, their their wedding shopping, picking wedding vendors, and how can I communicate and, that? And your website is, just so we get it right, it's it's Lemon Tree Editorial, but it's ltedditorial.com, yep. right? Yep. And how could anyone find you on Instagram or get in touch with you? Um, I use my personal Instagram, so it's at tmgriffy, tm as in Margaret, which is my middle name, Griffey, G-R-I-F-F-I. Okay, perfect. Yeah. 
I just got stuck below the microphone oh, no. when I leaned down. <laughs> well, she also has a dog on her lap, yep. which nobody can see. But <laughs> That's true. I, I wish I took a photo of that. <laughs> Feel free. Um, I'll be seated here for another minute. Um, so we do have a bunch more advice that Taylor was going to offer us on a wedding dish today, but we do have a limited window because we so lovely get to record with full service radio at the line. But um, we are looking at launching a blog and maybe we can, um, in the meantime, post some stuff on Instagram with some of your tips that you gave us um, because we asked her in advance to send us some so that we'd all be prepared. Yeah. Um, Happy to do that. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for being on The Wedding Dish today. This was just such a cool experience. It was so great to meet you in person. Um, We loved getting your email. (laughs) Yeah. So anybody listening, if you want to be on this podcast, all you have to do is email them and the ladies will say, sure, we'd love to have you on because that is what I did. (laughs) Um, I I think I'm also the first person who left you a review on iTunes, but I just said like, I... I like hearing about weddings. I work in the wedding industry. I'm a bride myself. I love to listen to other people's stories and get ideas. Which is a good point because um, you can find The Wedding Dish on iTunes. And yes. we hope that you, yeah. more people discover us there, especially local DC wedding vendors. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, and review. Please do. And um, yeah, if you have any music wedding stories, uh, you can email us at theweddingdish.com at gmail.com please follow us on instagram at the wedding dish podcast like us on facebook all that fun stuff and we're gonna sign out now from the line hotel in adams morgan in dc on this beautiful fall day and we are on full service radio thanks Thanks so so much much for tuning into the wedding dish see you next time you owe me a soda Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.